that happens like <laughs> i hit the record button and then i have to cough and i can't mute to cough because if i mute then then the sound goes stop out sharing your sound oh hold on okay rich people problems right there yes, yes. my gosh oh All my right. lord and we're back this is just like a, you know, go on, finish that statement. It's amazing that people actually listen to us. What people? Right, right, right. <laughs> My bad. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Our family members and the few people we've bribed. Yeah. Or exactly. guilted into feeling like they have to listen to us. Exactly. That's good. Oh. Good. But we're back. We are back with another episode of. The Fusion Underground. I have no idea what number it is. I really don't. It's what episode? Well, we're in season three. We're in season three. Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> we know this. <laughs> we we at least know that much. Um, and and the whole reason why I have no idea what number it is is because I skipped you, one. You fouled it up early on, I, and you I, can't get I, back on. I hosed it all up, and now I don't know what this. I think this is technically six. No, I think it's six, but technically five. <laughs> something like that oh my gosh i don't know i don't know apologies but, to all of our listeners for our unprofessional attitude here well we don't have a snurdly we, we don't, don't have, have anybody out there who the... wants to come be a producer for us to keep us on track um <laughs> you're welcome and i'm sorry for you right right if we had a snurdly then none of this would happen no that's just the way it I, I refuse to believe that. I think regardless of anybody's <laughs> best efforts, we are bound to cock it up no matter what we do. I think we would actually do it intentionally. Oh, I know I would. Just to just to keep our snurdly on their toes. Until they quit. Exactly. Yes. Right, right. <laughs> I wonder why we haven't got any volunteers to play that part yet. Right, right. <laughs> Uh, well, here at the Fusion Underground, what we try to do is we try to make sense of the world by having principled discussions about such topics as entertainment, current events, politics, and culture. Our mission is to educate people to become critical thinkers so they can live more empowered and happier lives. As always, I'm your host, Manuel Ramirez, and I'm joined in the virtual studio with my wonderful co-host, my brother, Jason Moret. How are you doing, sir? I'm good, brother. I'm good. So I don't have anything to to kick this whole thing off other than other than other than to talk more about crazy Scientology stuff. Oh, okay. I was going to ask you if you're still banned on uh, Twitter. I am. Or we. We are. You, we. Okay. 
our fusion underground one and my personal Twitter account uh, are banned. Okay. Or in, mm. at least in limbo, we're in purgatory. Uh, I don't know what it is. Well, we're not alone. That's becoming extremely commonplace right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. So, and what's crazy is there's no, like, so I've been put in Twitter jail before. I think I mentioned this to you last time we got mm -hmm. together. So I've been put in Twitter jail before for being, um, a, well, for being a shit poster and a troll. And uh, and the last time I got put in Twitter, in a Twitter timeout, Twitter jail, they told me, how to get out of Twitter jail. They said, if you delete this post, then you will get out of Twitter jail. And so I was like, okay, fine, whatever. And it was, and it was something stupid. It wasn't even like, like, I don't call people, like, I don't insult people on Twitter. I may call them, well, that's not exactly true. I was going to say, wait a minute. That's I don't, I call, no, 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 no. I know you better than that. Yes, you do. Do I think that you're actually calling them profane names and no, things no, like no, that? No, 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 no. No, nothing do like I that. Do I think you might say something of, I really feel bad for you and your extreme lack of intelligence and hope that you get an education so that you can, yeah, you know, yeah, rise yeah. out of the uh, abyss of ignorance that you're in? That yeah. sounds more like something you would say. Yeah. And I call journalists garbage. Well, yeah. So, you know, I call the profession garbage mm -hmm. uh, or, you know, and I tell journalists to not be terrible. You know, I, I, I typically do not tell somebody to like, you know, I, I, I stay away from the really horrible words sure. I try to, you know, sure. <clears throat> um, but the last, so the last time I had to delete it and it was like some crazy tweet that I had made. And I was like, I was surprised I even got banned. I got put into jail for that. I was like, well, that's dumb, uh, but okay, fine, whatever. The tweet doesn't mean anything anyway. So I deleted it and then I was restored like 24 hours later. This time there's no, there's no notice. I, I don't no have a notice. There's no recovery for you. No, there's no roadmap. There's no like, say, you know, 10 Hail Marys <laughs> posts, right? There's nothing like that. And I'm like, well, well, shit, what am I supposed yeah. to do? And 10 um, Hail Marys, nine all fathers and, you know, delete yeah. this post. Yeah. yeah. And delete this post. So, um, you know, but I will say this and I mentioned this to you earlier this week, just when we were talking, um, because I haven't been on, on Twitter as much and, and I haven't been on just social media in general that much. <clears throat> I actually feel like, I feel like I've had a shower, Yeah, you know, because you cleansed yourself of all that garbage. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think people truly realize just how terrible social media is until you, you put it away. You don't count because you're not on it. You, you, uh, no, 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 no. Now, hold on. Well, Time aside out. from Parlor, <clears throat> well, just okay, recently so in the last week. Let's just pause for a second because I think it's important to note. You and I had a discussion about social media, whether it was Twitter and Facebook uh -huh. and the like, all of right. that. Uh -huh. And I challenged you <clears throat> with a question of name me some things that that actually brings that's positive influence into your life. Because yeah. my experience up until that point was it was just a constant showering of negative emotion, yeah. negative energy, negative, all of it. It's just all negative. It does nothing but piss you off yeah. why would you do that to yourself and you of course berated me and then you know disregarded <laughs> and now that you've been forced <laughs> i didn't berate you yes you did no 
no, no. Even your face is saying, yes, okay. <laughs> I maybe did, maybe a little bit, but still. No. But you completely disregarded all that. And interestingly enough, now that you're here of mm -hmm. no choice of your own, you're mm -hmm. going, wow, my life is actually a little bit better for it. And I, yeah, I, it's amazing. And you're telling me like I'm supposed amazing. to go, oh, really? What? Like it you must be crazy. It's been what two, three weeks <clears throat> since. Weeks. Yeah, it's been a couple of weeks. I don't exactly remember the date that I got banned, uh, but it's been a couple of weeks. And in that time, I finished two different books. That tells me you have been, you were not only on social media, but you were obsessed with social media. Well, so what I would, what if I do, had that what I would do time in the, to finish two books. Well, what I would do in the, like, for example, in the mornings, right? I get up, I would get up with my dog. My dog gets me up 5 30 in the morning, like clockwork every day. Uh, and so I come downstairs, I make coffee, I feed my dog, I feed my cats. And then I sit on the couch for two hours, an hour and a half, or something like that, you know. And I drink my coffee and my dog cuddles up with me and I just sit there. And so in the past, what I would do is I would read social media. Mm -hmm. And since I can't, since I couldn't get on Twitter and I don't really care to be on Facebook that much anymore, uh, I just read on my Kindle. And so in the last, last two weeks, I finished two books doing that. Wow. Yeah. Well, good for you. <clears throat> Hopefully they were good ones. <laughs> Well, they're not they're not fiction books, so they're they're, oh, they're it, um, not, coding they're and analysis. No, 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 no. <laughs> like you know, I'm I'm reading I'm reading this new one. You might actually find this one interesting. I'm reading this new one. I don't know if you can read it here, the, but uh, it's called the Sacred and the, the Sacred profane. and the Profane. Okay, and um, <clears throat> so the nature of religion. Yeah. Uh, Eliade was um, oh, French, I think, and he was um, a scholar of things like religion, mythology. So I've been reading a lot of this because I've been working, you know, I've been working on a book of my own. Mm -hmm. And uh, so this is the second book of Eliade's that I've read that I've read in so many months. Um, but this one, this is actually a new one. So not only did I finish two books, I actually started a new one. <clears throat> I, no, I love how when go. you're when you're reading a book, uh -huh. um, how different that is for me. Because when I read a book, you know, you read a book, and, oh, it's cool, and you, you mark your page when you're done and set it aside and uh -huh. go to bed or whatever. You're telling me you're reading a book and you just happen to show yeah. that, and you've got 900 little flags <laughs> on the side of it, <laughs> so that you can't just read a book. You've got to go back in and take notes and write out your own dissertation well, thesis on that's, each point. Well, yeah, because I'm writing a book. Well, I'm writing a book on mythology in and of itself. So yes, a lot of this is, you know, and I have more books that I've read in the last couple of months that are in my closet right now. And they all have like, you know, stuff like this. But this, I'm also reading on Kindle. So then I highlight in Kindle and then I go back and I look at, I pull notes, you know, and I, yeah, yeah I got to yeah, keep all this. That's, and that's cool. That's totally normal. It's not <laughs> <laughs> I hate you so much. No, you don't. You yes, love me. Uh -huh. okay. <laughs> if i see any woman out there with a nicholas sparks book who has flags and you know little okay, wait, tickets wait 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 on, time out because and the reason for that is because for you that uh -huh. stuff is just like nicholas sparks for any any of the other ladies who i there. have no idea who nicholas sparks is what 
<laughs> well, you're a guy, so I guess what, that's okay. What is Nicholas? Who is Nicholas Sparks? I'm gonna Nicholas I'm gonna, Sparks, I'm right? Up. You ever watched um or been flipping channels and you and and or your wife or girlfriend was watching a movie on Lifetime? No, doesn't no? never. Well, no. that that's banned in my house for, but nevertheless, Nicholas Sparks writes all of the exact same stories. He just changes a few characters and what traumatic life event took the uh lady's love interest out of her life and then mm. how she has to um recuperate and find a new love interest and and then you know move on you you never uh saw the notebook yeah i'm just saying that right now so he wrote that yeah. one so he's like the daniel Steele of dudes yeah yeah for, okay. for ladies it, it's still yeah it's well he's a dude is what i mean he's he a, dude. a dude he's a daniel Steele. yes dude yes correct and, and careful because ladies love him. I'm already, ladies hate me already. So it doesn't really matter if I say it, but you, I think, I don't think you want to upset people. Don't bag on Nicholas Sparks. A lot of ladies like him. I don't even know who I, yeah, I, yeah, I don't even, he's got, he looks like your average white guy. He's well, just, he's like average okay. dude. He doesn't look I'm sorry, like. What did I say about his writing style that would make, <laughs> that would cause you to create a different I or an image that you're finding contrary to what his picture. I don't know. I just looked him up. That's all. I just Googled him. Okay. Yeah. I mean, what did you think? I would, would you think he was like a, you know, two foot tall black midget or why, why would that? Uh, I'm just saying he doesn't, he's not, he's not somebody that you would pick out of a crowd. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that. No, there was no judgment in my. Uh, well, I said he I, looked you, like an average dude. You're like, and well, you're I don't like, well, he I looks don't like know. an you're average white guy. Box. I'm like, well, then what were you expecting to find? An Oompa Loompa? <laughs> well, I would have been pleasantly surprised if it was an Oompa Loompa. <laughs> His books would rhyme, probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Okay, okay wait. So... Principal discussions. Yes. Um, what... So, you know, to educate people, live happy, more happy, empowered lives. That's, yes, that's yes. Different. So, our topic today, we're gonna, let's just jump right on in it. Okay, let's go. Let's just jump on it. Yeah, do you want to set it up? Um, I can. Okay. Well, it was um, something that I've I've been hearing a lot, and I'm sure you have too. Um, that on the surface seems great and grand, but the way it's being utilized is really starting to piss me off. Um, there is such a beating drum right now for, especially from the left, for mm -hmm. unity. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And to me, unity is a great thing. And it's something we should all strive for. Absolutely. But for whatever reason, the way unity is being, I guess, shoved, especially yeah. in one direction right now, um, unity does not mean rolling over and does not mean being complacent and does not by any way mean to me that you, any one particular group should be submissive. And I believe that that's how that word is right now being used. It's how it's being pushed and forced. Mm -hmm. And I find that absolutely disgusting. Um, if you want to say that we are all Americans and we need to unify under the banner, which is 
literally the American flag and promote Americanism, that's unity. Now, there's division within that idea. Americans and, and America is... Th- there's differences of opinions. There's different mm-hmm. sides of the argument. We have a two-party system. We can agree to an ends, and it's the means on how we get there. We, I encourage discourse to find the best means to attain that. Yeah. So <clears throat> hearing that we, we have to promote unity and we are not allowed to engage in any kind of discourse is disgusting to me. Um, I, I, I find that morally reprehensible um, to use people in that regard. So that's the premise. Yeah. Well, and I think it's a great topic. So let so let's let's dive into this. When, um, okay. you know, because I have some initial thoughts on this whole concept of unity. Now, first of all, notice how it started after. Biden wins the election, right? So Biden wins the election, the Democrats come out and say, okay, now uh, Republicans, it's time for us to unify the country and to be united. Um, and my response to that is no. My response to that is no. And and I, I like you though, I'm not against the concept of unity. Mm-hmm. Do I want to see the United States less divided? Absolutely, I do. Uh, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to unify, because what that means, what that means is not for all of us to come together in the middle. It has nothing to do with us coming together under the ideals and values of the United States Constitution and the United States flag. It's not about that. What it is, is now we have the Democrats holding the victory banner on their hill and they're saying unify, which means to come and stand on their hill with them. Mm -hmm. And for that, I say, F you. To that, I say, piss off. Why do I say that? Because since 2000, when George Bush won the election, I was torn down. <clears throat> I was treated with such vitriol from the left. People like me for who, for what I believed in and for uh, a politician that I supported based on policy. Did I, did I agree with everything George Bush said and did? No, of course not. I certainly was against his, uh, his heavy handed spending uh, that he implemented in office. I was very much against that. <clears throat> But for eight years, I was vilified for being a Republican. In when Obama took office, then they said, if you do not agree with the president in anything, then you're a racist. And any, any little criticism, not even of the guy, but of his policies. If you came out and said, no, I don't want you to raise my taxes, that re- you said that because you were a racist. If you came out and said, no, I don't want to have government-run health care, you were a racist. If you didn't agree with his foreign policy of capitulation and bowing to foreign powers, you were called a racist. And for eight years, I was treated with vitriol and disrespect by members of the left, even when their own guy was in office. Yes. 
And then when Bush won or when Trump won, again, I was treated with vitriolic hatred and called a misogynist and called uh, you know, a, a, a homophobe and called a racist again. And so all of these times I've been vilified by people on the left. And now we have people on the left calling to put people like us in gulags, calling to have us put in re-education camps. And they were just saying this just a few months ago. And now I'm supposed to just put it all behind me and say, you know what? You're absolutely right. I should now come to your side and be united. There was no reaching across the aisle from them. There was none of that. And, and even though we have said over and over again, it's a big tent on this side. Even though we've said we're not homophobes, we're not against, uh, we're not against different races, we're not anti-Hispanic, we're not anti-Black, we're none of those types of things, they didn't want to listen to us. And so they didn't want to even have a conversation, but now I'm supposed to cross the aisle and I'm the one who's supposed to just put my, my tail between my legs and unify under their banner. No, you've treated me like crap right. all of these years for nearly 20 years. And, it, it, and if, if you want to be unified, then you have to show that you're worthy of unification as far as I'm concerned. Well, and, and you're not wrong. You know, um, we've been, anybody on the right hand of the aisle has been vilified since 2000. You're talking about 10 years of constant beating on from the left, regardless. It's 20. It's, 20. it's since Bush got or, elected or in 2000. 20, excuse me. Um, and then what? So, after the election, now you want to unify? No, you don't want to unify. No. It's still the exact same vilification that has been happening um, for 20 years. And this is why I have made the case. This is, it's a war for power and influence. Mm -hmm. And it's a complete domination. And unfortunately, I really hate being right about some of this stuff. I really do. But um you look at it now and it's it is literally like an invasion has happened the capital has been conquered and the masses will be round up and you will either submit or you will be subject to corporal punishment yeah and that's that's what we've been told that's what's been happening the violence will come to you and it will be justified in the eyes of those who see us not as a unified American public, but as the villains on the opposite side of the battlefront. You know, when, when Obama was in office, the right was not rioting and burning down their cities. The right, the tea partiers were not going into restaurants like Antifa and BLM, they were the the Tea Partiers did not go into restaurants and scream and yell at leftists sitting there having dinner. They didn't do that. They weren't. We didn't have Tea Partiers blocking freeways. We have members of the left who are blocking freeways, who are disrupting businesses, burning businesses down. Down. You have conservative voices 
who who cannot go onto a college campus. Mm -hmm. There have been leftists, these you know leftist student groups, who have kept people like Milo Yiannopoulos uh, and uh, uh, Ben Shapiro from appearing and speaking on their college campuses. And in some cases, they, you know, Milo Yiannopoulos was, had, had to be removed, I think it was from uh, Cal Berkeley, mm -hmm. because they were starting to burn down the campus, yeah. because they said that he's, he's a racist and misogynist and a homophobe. The guy's gay. He's married to a black man. And yet they were calling him a racist and all of that. And he was, you know, he speaks hate speech. And, and these people were, were rioting to keep him from talking. Mm -hmm. Nowhere have I ever seen the right rioting to keep a leftist from talking. Well, and I, I told you that we talked about this last week and I mentioned it before. When do you ever see people on the right rioting? Right. Protesting. We don't do that. Right. Um, and I'm sorry whether you, I believe it was something you said about our actual values and I'm not going to speak for everybody on the right side of the aisle, but I know as a conservative, part of my values is I value all Americans as Americans mm -hmm. and we have that common ground. You know, if this would be something different where people say, oh, we need to unite and they said, we need to unite as Americans together i would actually be interested in in hearing that argument but that's not what i'm hearing there is no reaching across to find the common ground in any of this it's a freaking constant attack and i'm sorry but people myself included are getting really tired of that we had somebody in office who was talking about um american greatness there used to be a time we were proud when we bought something and it said made in the usa you know that's what i believe was kind of at the heart of the whole make america great again idea that's unifying for all people not just one group or the other group um you know when uh, obama went on or was uh, inaugurated and went overseas. And the first thing he freaking did when he got into the office was apologize to the entire friggin' world for American success. That disgusts me. That offends me. I don't care if it was Obama, if it was George Bush, hell, if Trump did that, I'd be pissed off. The fact of the matter is those are things that can unite us as a people as a society but you don't want that your unity as it is being talked about right now is not about unity it's about shutting up at least 50 percent of the country that they did not have a good beat on well and they they want they want half of the country to shut up and go along yes so what they want is they want to be able to enact all of their policies without any kind of opposition they just no, want with, to be able to have free reign with the cheer and applause <clears throat> of the masses right because these are the kinds of things that we see all the time in politics when when there's a big bill that is being debated on capitol hill mm -hmm. um it's the republicans who are expected to come across the aisle and to negotiate and to acquiesce there, that expectation is never given on the Democrats that they have to come to the other side 
or at least give and take. So there's always, there's always that expectation that it has to come from the right. Now, what does all of this mean? What does it mean by saying no to unity? It doesn't mean that I'm going to, you know, lock and load and go riot. It doesn't mean that I'm going to, you know, go on a killing spree. I'm not going to do anything like that. You're not going to do anything like no, that. No. But but what it means is it means that no, I'm not going to just blindly accept your policies. I'm going to oppose your policies. I'm going to criticize your policies. Uh, I'm not going to just get lockstep behind everybody and say, yes, please raise my taxes so that we can all be unified in the country. Yep. Please take my, please remove my second amendment and come and confiscate all of my guns because, uh, because you guys called for unity and I want to show how unified I am. That doesn't mean that I get to give up the rights that I have, just as I would not never expect anybody else to give up the rights that they have. Right. So, um, and, and when I'm talking about rights, we should have a conversation, we should have a whole topic just on what rights are, because I think a lot of people get really confused on what rights are, or they don't really understand what a right is. Agreed. Um, Especially those outlined in the, um, the bill of rights and what that document right. is entailed. Mm -hmm. is exactly. Entailed. Yeah. So, it exists. So, you know, I'm not going to go crazy. I'm not going to insult people. I'm not going to, I'm not going to resort to violence. I'm not going to do any of those things. I'm not going to uh, tear people down verbally. You know, I'm not going to abuse anybody, mm -hmm. but what it means is that, no, I don't agree with your policies. Here's, here's, here's a really big distinction between the, the way that the left and the right view each other. Okay. Okay. The, the right people on the right, we tend to look at those on the left as they're good people, they just have bad ideas. People on the left tend to look across and see people on the right as being evil people with evil ideas. And that's a problem. And the reason why I reached that conclusion is because nobody on the right looks across the aisle at people on the left and says, I want to kill them. We don't look across the aisle and say, I want to imprison them. We don't look across the aisle and say, I want to put the left into gulags. We don't do that. But for decades, this isn't just something recent, but for decades, nearly 100 years, we have leftists who always look to, across the aisle to the right and they want to re-educate them. They want to torture them. They want to put them in prison. They want to put them in gulags where they're tortured. They want to kill them. They, you know, straight out, they should be eradicated. Uh, this is the kind of vitriol that comes from the left. They don't look at us and say, we're good people with bad ideas. No, they look at us as if we're evil people with evil ideas and, are, and should be eradicated. And the right, we look at the left and say, you're still my countrymen. You're still a human being with value, but your ideas suck. Yeah. <laughs> right. There's a difference there. Yeah. yeah. And it, you know, I, I, it's an interesting analogy. I do. I like that. I, I, I kind of like to think that, that the right looks at the left and says, you know, bless the, bless them all. It, it's they've, their heart overrides their head, you know, their, their, their feel goods, um, get in the way of their brain from actually working sometimes. Um, and that's not, I guess it's, that is disparaging and there's no way around it, but when you're, when your emotions and, and you just, if it sounds good and it feels good, whatever it takes to get there is worth it. 
because it'll make me feel good and it sounds good in the end. Where I think conservatives go, no, the means are twice as important as the ends because if we we trample all over everything in the way, uh, you know, getting across to the other end, we're not going to have anything left to stand on. Um, and no, I agree with you. Unifying, I, I would be for that if that was really what that was intended for. But by saying no, and I'm not going to unify by basically turning into a coy beaten dog and submit and leash up and follow you wherever you go. I'm not going to bite on your butt along the way either. I'm not, I'm not going to fight you necessarily <laughs> at my door. I'm not going to go out and riot. I'm not going to take to the streets, but I will absolutely 100% stand on the values and principles that I have as a man, as a father, as a husband, and as an American citizen, as an American, I will stand on those values and I will not allow those to be trampled upon. And God knows, I hope it does not come to fighting to stand on that, but I'm not going to abandon them for the sake of convenience for you. You know, that what's interesting is what would we need to unify around and first of all that it's not politics no you cannot unify the entire country to a political ideology you can't it's 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 not something that you can well you can if you do it through force sure right um the well but even that even then it's not unification. No, it's it, not unification. It, right. It's it. You're right. It is subjugation. It looks unified because we've oppressed everybody to, <laughs> to right. be, you know, we've forced right. them to unify, right? It's not a, a unification by choice. Um, so you can't, you cannot get people to band together in arms and link arms based on political ideology. You're just not going to do it. Right. The only way that you can have people, actually unify as a nation is you need something that transcends the the normal human daily doldrums and politicians are just not it mm -hmm. right it this is why you know things like the, like the country tends to unify around tragedies mm -hmm. because right. the, because the tragedy transcends us as humans and there's something we can now say, wow, that tragedy is something I care about. Even if the tragedy is the assassination of, let's say, uh, our, our, our president, right? Sure. If the president gets assassinated, that tends to unify the nation around because we're like, well, that was our president. And it was, you know, it was, it was an American who was assassinated. Um, sadly, I think that um, if Trump had been assassinated, I don't think the other half of the country would have unified behind that. Well, how can it, that would be almost impossible to believe when you've got um, literally elected officials in this country who were calling for his death when he got COVID. Right. I mean, right. for crying out loud. Well, and the reason why I say that the half the country would not unify around that is we had a crazy person in Washington, D.C., who tried to assassinate many members of the GOP 
That's right. During uh, while they were warming up for a softball game or baseball game, whatever it was, he, he took a rifle and shot a bunch of them. And, and half of the country didn't care. They didn't care. Now, some of the, some of those people on that half of the country applauded him. It was disgusting. That's but half of half of the country, half of the country. And if you're a Democrat, you're part of that half of the country. Half of the country was like, yeah, don't care. Think about that for a minute. No. Yeah. Think about how, how terrible that is. Mm-hmm. I used to always fear that that Obama would be assassinated or at least an assassination attempt. Yeah, I did, too. I did, too. I was I was terrified for it. Yeah. And I was terrified about Trump being assassinated during his first during his term. Uh, I, I thought that there might have been an attempt uh, and it would have been it would have been terrible had that happened. And it would have been I think it would be terrible if any of our president um, or, or any member of high office, as much as I cannot stand Nancy Pelosi, I don't want to see her assassinated. No, um, you know, I, I want I want to see her retire. And yeah. I would be, I would applaud if she retired, but she's still my countryman. I don't want to see her be killed no. in some terrible well, violent action. You know, look at the uh, the violence that happened in, um, well, the massacre that happened in, in um, Vegas. Yeah. I mean, now the country unified around that. Unfortunately, I think it was utilized by a handful of people for political gain to try and push second amendment crap which really it that pisses me off and it has nothing to do with my second amendment rights or what i believe on that has nothing to do with it how dare you utilize a situation where there is such tragedy and human loss of life to push a political agenda I don't care what's what the agenda is. I don't care what that's absolutely disgusting. I, and they did the it happened before with the uh, shootings in the elementary schools. It's it's uh, there are very few things that piss me off like that. Absolutely disgusting to me. Well, this is another reason why I fi- I find the idea of, of unity so ludicrous. Yep. When there are those things like a like a shooting like a mass shooting the left comes out of the woodwork and they're just salivating to find out that it's it's a conservative Mm -hmm. that it's a person on the right who's done it they and in many cases the media runs with it and they're already saying it it must be a conservative it must be one of those crazy nra people yeah and and it it nine times out of ten it usually it usually turns out that no it wasn't a conservative it was actually somebody who was anti-conservative. Now, I'm not saying there are Democrats who are doing it, but they're literally crazy people. Yeah, they're crazy people, and they're writing these, you know, these manifestos against, you know, um, not just, you know, the, the people that they've shot, but against conservative ideology. So they they are they're crazy people. They're literally crazy people. But the left is salivating, thinking that it's uh, a conservative gunman. Every single, every single time. Yeah. And then when that, when, when it turns out that it's not a conservative, then they shut up. And what's even more striking is when, if the shooter turns out to be uh, a diehard liberal, in some cases there have been where some of these shooters have been a diehard socialist, Marxist, liberal Democrat, 
Right. The the stories usually drop off out oh, of the die. media in, instantly. They don't even want to talk about it anymore. Yep. Yep. And of course, um, there's the the moral high ground that always gets taken mm-hmm. out of respect for all of the victims. Um, unless there is something earth shattering or breaking about the story, we are we are going to bow out and reporting on this and uh, out of respect for the family. Mm-hmm. Well, you didn't have any respect for the family when you were up there marching about trying to get rid of the, you know, AR 15, even though it was a handgun utilized, it doesn't matter. We're going to renew our assault weapons ban. It's, and I'm supposed to swallow 100% that unity for the healing quote unquote of our nation is again my fault as mm-hmm. a conservative it's my responsibility right because of that and it's also my duty to lay down and crawl and beg for the forg- for your forgiveness at your feet and fall in line right no if if you want to be unified you have to show you have to actually get off your ass and lead yeah and you actually have to show that you are worthy of unification and that you are trying to unify and trying to bring people together. You can't just say, come and be unified. Now let's put it all behind us and, and say, well, you know, sorry. I mean, that's no different than a husband and wife and the husband is beating his wife all of the time. And then maybe she calls the cops on him one time and he gets a slap on the wrist and gets, spends a night in jail and then comes home and says, Okay, honey, now I'm ready. Are you ready to unify? Let's put it all behind us now and just start all over. Like, like nobody right. believes that that's going to happen. No, nobody believes that that's going to happen. And you wouldn't want to be considered unified. You wouldn't just forget about it at that point. If you're the wife, you wouldn't just say, sure, honey, I'm just going to forget about the last 20 years that you've been beating me. Uh, let's just pre- pretend like everything is just kosher you have to prove it you have to prove it with your actions not with your words well and and i'm not even talking and and that's a great example but i'm i'm not even talking about holding on to 20 years of being vilified necessarily now i I respect that i know you are and that's okay i'm not i'm not disparaging any of that (laughs) i guess if there was some reason for me to believe that anyone out there who's actually calling for unity believed in what that word really means, they would do something to inspire me to at least meet them halfway. And we can do that because I, again, I believe our country should be unified. And I think that's why, unfortunately, tragedies and things like that create a common ground for us to unify behind. I mean, look at uh, when we, the 9-11 attack, the terrorist attack. I, that, I think the country was probably more unified there in the last 20 years than I've seen ever in my lifetime. Um, because we had a common bond not as republicans or democrats or conservatives or liberals or any of that we were we as a nation we were all members of the same family and our house was being attacked we were being bombed we as a country and as a people were being threatened and that gave us something to come together around mm-hmm. now i am not saying that we need some sort of disaster or tragedy to heal but 
No, we I need don't, no, someone we don't. <laughs> who actually has the ability to lead and and inspire people to want to come together, and that is a two um, two sided effort that has to come from both sides come together. And it's not Joe Biden. I'm sorry, that guy couldn't lead a flea circus. So somebody has got to take the bull by the horns, and I don't see Kamala Harris inspiring a whole lot of people either. She would right. have done that by now. You know, we're not, we're not talking about we're not talking about some tragedy befalling the country so that we can rally because that's just while while the country tends to rally around tragedy, you don't pray for that. You don't want tragedy no. to come because that means people that means other human beings are getting hurt mm -hmm. uh, or worse, dying. Um, so certainly, do not want any any tragedy to befall the country. Uh, or even even one person in the country, right? Um, but here's the, the the what the way that you have the way that you can get unity going forward is, and I'm going to be perfectly honest with Democrats. It's going to take you at least minimum of four years. Sure, because you can't just you can't just have twenty years of beating on us and calling us every name in the books and calling for us to be. Uh, eradicated and calling for us to be thrown in gulags and rioting and burning down cities. You don't get to after 20 years, just have that all go away in, in a couple of weeks. You have to, you have to earn it. You have to earn that unity. And so how do you do that? Well, you go to Washington now, now it's your turn. Now it's your turn. You get to set policy right. and you get to show the other side that you're worthy of being followed. And so you, there are going to be, you know, the, yes, I understand you're a Democrat, you want election, you want to be able to enact some of your policies, well, then fight for them. But also recognize that, you know what, it's a give and take, you don't get to have everything that you want, right? Even give some things to the other side in good faith to show that you're willing to come together. Right. And you right. can you have four years to show some of that. Right. I'll use I'll use one of our senators here, Kirsten Cinema, as an example. Okay. Kirsten Cinema, when she was running for election, right, she you know she has a background of being a socialist, of at least being an avowed socialist, and I was very much against her. Um, I'm not. I haven't gotten to a point where I would vote for her, but I do follow her and I follow what she says. And one of the great things. That about Kirsten Cinema that I at least have to have respect for her for is she does not engage in the political sniping. She does not attack her constituents. She does not attack the other side in the country. She stays out of those battles and she's like, you know what? I'm just going to stay on, I'm just going to stay on policy and I'm going to talk about policy. And there are some situations where she has actually backed policies that I as a conservative support. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, that's great. Right. Am I going to vote for her in the next election when she's up for re-election? I don't know. Um, but she's surprised me. And I know she has surprised a lot of conservatives around the country because she hasn't gone full-blown crazy leftist. She has stayed, I would say, left of center. Yeah. But she hasn't gone full bore to the left. I really thought she would have. Uh, and she has not done that. And, and I can at least respect that from her. Well, and, and this is interesting. I remember um, near the end of uh, Obama's 
presidency. Uh -huh. um, I said that, you know, one of my, my biggest concerns about what's going to come forward, and this is when, um, actually, when Hillary was talking about throwing her hat in the ring for um, running for president, mm -hmm. is, you know, we have moved what has been considered the middle ground, that middle line, that center line, I felt, at least at the time, so far left that the crazy leftists, so to speak, those crazy people over there are not seeming so crazy anymore. And I don't think it's because their positions or their policies or their ideas had ever changed. It's because what we as an American society have actually come to expect or had come to expect or um, accept, excuse me, as kind of status quo, normal, that middle ground had actually been pushed so far left that, you know, even the, the, uh, what we would have called moderate like, uh, liberals at the time actually didn't seem so bad, but just four years ago, if we'd have looked back in an hourglass, we just said, those people are crazy. So I can understand, I think the people like, uh, Kirsten Cinema, like you're just talking about, probably their positions, I don't know, have really changed all so much. But because they're not so far out there, like what we're getting right now, all over the place, we're like, okay, she's, you know what, we we could we could work with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, she didn't vote for Kavanaugh, she didn't vote for um oh gosh, I'm just I'm blanking on her name, the the most recent. I know. I wanted to say Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And I know, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, she didn't vote for them, and I think that's I. You know, to me, that was that was shameful because those two uh, justices are extremely qualified to be justices, um, and that was a disappointment as one of her constituents. I thought, mm -hmm. well, you disappointed me by not voting for them, um, but there have been other things that she has, you know, voted on. I think she was one of the few senators to actually vote on tax reform and or re lowering taxes, um, which I have to at least celebrate. I'm like, thank you for yeah. at least doing that much. Anybody out there saying they want to lower taxes, you got to you got to point of respect in right. my book. You but, know, you know people him. have people have said this before. There's no way JFK could run as a Democrat if he were alive oh, and running. Not for a office. chance. The, the party no. is too far to the left, mm -hmm. you know, uh, JFK, for all intents and purposes, was a conservative. Yes. Um, he actually reduced taxes, corporate taxes, when he was elected. I mean, the, the things that he stood for, some Republicans support those same policies today. There's zero way JFK wins if he were alive and running for the first time for, for office as a Democrat. No yeah, way. No way. He's, he's, he's too conservative uh, and too far removed from the left and here's here's the crazy thing, um, I, you know. I've been thinking about this all week as we were preparing for to talk about unity. Is well, how come Democrats can't see that about their own party? Um, how is it that the Democrats don't look at their party? Like there are a lot of Democrats in this in the United States. There are a lot who mm -hmm. do not align with that far leftist ideology they're still very you know they're they're still considered very much center of the road there are a lot of democrats 
who we usually refer to them as the blue dog Democrats, but there are a lot of Democrats that are still in favor of lower taxes, right? The, the, the whole concept, which I think is ridiculous called, you know, socially liberal, but economically conservative kind <laughs> of tripe. Um, but there are a lot of blue dog Democrats that still fit in that category. Mm-hmm. And so I started, I was thinking, well, why is it that you cannot see how, what your party has become? I, I'm sorry. I don't believe for one friggin' minute that they don't see that. I, I think they see it clear as day. I, and um, they know their party's being overrun. But you know what? If you need to sit quietly and ride the pine while your team continues to win and it takes you to the um, Super Bowl or the World Series or whatever you want to call it, then yeah. And you pointed this out. The, the first... And only job of a politician is to what? Get reelected. Get reelected. It's the first job of a politician. um, And we have seen this across the country, actually, just this last election, Mm -hmm. where you have had Democrats getting ousted out of their seats by other more progressive, more liberal, more socialist aligning Democrats. That's happening. So you either shut up submit and unify with the party or get out that's that's the the idea and unfortunately there's so much momentum behind the progressive left even though i think i still think it is a minority group and i'm a very minority uh subset of the democratic party but i believe a lot of those people think that that's the youth of this country voting for them pushing this forward keeping it going they're marching in the streets and they're tearing down the opposition that's the army so you better placate to that and keep that on your side and keep it going so i don't believe for one friggin second that there are the blue dog democrats sitting there not recognizing the mob that they're a part of well i think they i think they um i think they don't recognize it and the reason why I say that is because they accepting the truth, accepting reality when you have a completely different view of reality. In other words, the blue dog Democrats think of themselves as Democrats. And so their worldview of what a Democrat is, is one thing. If they allow themselves to look at their political party and see that it's changed then then the reality the truth of what the party has become meaning it's become a far left socialist marxist entity they have to accept that that they now support far leftist socialist marxist ideology for most for humans to accept reality and to accept truth is an extremely painful thing to do. And most people will avoid it at all costs. They refuse to look at it. They refuse to acknowledge it because it is such a cognitive dissonance. How can I put so much of who I am into something only to determine that it's wrong? That is an extremely, extremely painful thing. And it's something that I've been thinking about as I've been watching all of these documentaries and TV shows on cults. It's the same thing. You, you watch these people and it's like, well, how did you not know you were in a cult? Because it's, 
it's a slow burn. It took a long time to get from JFK to Joe Biden 2020. Actually, it took a long time for Joe Biden to get to Joe Biden in 2020, <laughs> right? He was a completely different candidate back in the 70s than he is today. So it's it took a long time for him to get there. Right. Um, I would I would I guess I would use the 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 analogy of it took a long time to get from JFK to Kamala Harris. Okay. Okay. That's a lot that little tiny steps and slowly twisting up the heat of change before you, you don't realize until now, oh my God, my party's a socialist Marxist, right? And the same thing happens when you're in a cult. You get you you join the cult and there are well, there are a couple of these little things that I really like and that are really good for me. And look, it's improving my life. And I'm really happy and I'm really enjoying this. And then there's something else. And then they want a little bit more from you. And then they want a little bit more and a little bit more. And you're going along. And now you have built up trust of people in the organization. And well, why would somebody that I trust lead me astray? So they must be, they must have my best interests at heart. And it can take decades before these people finally realize, oh shit, what have I gotten myself into? And for some people, they go crazy. They literally have a psychotic break and they go, they, they have such high panic attacks and anxiety attacks and they go into massive bouts of depression. And there are so many people from cults that eventually commit suicide because they just couldn't handle the cognitive dissonance that sets in. And I think the exact same thing happens in the world of politics, particularly with people on the left right now. I don't think people on the left wanna actually open their eyes and see what's going on. Also, because they're afraid. They're afraid of, well, what does it mean to be without, without being a Democrat? I would have to now, does that mean I have to now become a Republican? Well, they've been taught to fear Republicans. They think Republicans are the Antichrist. They think that Republicans are racist, bigot, homophobes. That's what they think. So if they're not a Democrat, well, I can't be a racist, bigot, homophobe, misogynist over here, right? Or does that make me a racist, bigot, homophobe, misogynist over here if I leave the Democrat? You see how the the, discon, the 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 cognitive dissonance plays so much on your psych, on your psyche that the best thing to do is just say I'm not gonna I'm not gonna look at it I'm just not going to acknowledge. Okay, and so I I agree with you, but uh, the the point of contention I still have is accepting or under seeing the truth, understanding the truth, looking mm -hmm. around at the rest of your party. Um, or Klansmen. <laughs> or, yeah. Or, yeah. I mean, or looking around at the rest of your fellow uh, parishioners or your fellow cult, uh -huh. you can look around and go, okay, I realize I'm not supposed to be here because mm -hmm. I'm not like this. But I think you touched on something very poignant here about fear. They are afraid. What else? are they gonna do you look at lifelong politicians like joe biden been in for frankly a majority of his life <laughs> he's been doing nothing else but sitting there on the bench going along with the rest of the party going whatever they say is right and i vote with them um that's what they've been doing and now they look around and go what wait what did they say that can't be right are you saying we're wrong oh no 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 um yeah you're you're good 
that's there saying that they don't see that i still i don't believe that i think they see it i think they know it but what are the options i mean you can bow out of the political circle but that fear of what is still there that's one i think the i think the other i think where let me clarify because maybe they do see it to your point but they don't accept it they don't acknowledge it and there's a difference there because cultists don't do cultists do the same thing they'll see it and they'll but then they'll they'll turn that blind eye and go but that can't be there's got that can't be i can't accept that that's just that's not what that's not what i got involved in this with so that just couldn't have happened. That's so yeah. crazy. That couldn't be the case. Go ahead. Well, and so to that, I think that is possible. I, I think that that is very possible that there are blue dog Democrats out there that see it and go, you know what? That's just, that's so crazy to even think about. That's just somebody putting weird thoughts in my head. So I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing and sit down and shut up and keep moving along. Um, but what are the alternatives? Like you said, you can't just go, you know what? I recognize now that I am so far removed from the extreme progressives in the, in the Democratic Party that I think I'm going to switch affiliation and become a Republican. Are you kidding me? They will literally stone you and drag you without the gates mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, because you are the enemy uh-huh. at that point. You're defecting. That You can't do that. And this is exactly what happens in cults. When you're in a cult, you can't leave. You fear, you are afraid to leave. If you're a Democrat and you're going to leave the Democrat party after being a Democrat for 40 years, 30 years, 20 years, whatever, Democrats, you know what they're going to do to you. Mm -hmm. You're going to have other Democrats who who shun you, who attack you, who try to cancel you, who try to get your business put out of, uh, you know, closed down. What happens if, are you, I am not afraid to, to stop being a Republican. If somebody better came along, no. that's for me, to, I have no problem just changing my party affiliation. I don't care. I'm not afraid of any of the Republicans coming after me. No. But if you're I a Democrat, was registered you are. as an independent for years and years and years and years. I think it was finally when I realized I, it was one of the primaries. I can't even remember which one it was that I wanted to actually vote in the primaries. And I realized, you know what? I tend to vote Republican and I always have. So why not just register as a Republican? That's been the only real reason. Um, right. If there's a libertarian right. that comes out that doesn't sound like a crazy person, guess what? Sign me up. I'm going to go that way. If there's a new conservative party started, I'll probably head over there. Me Who too. knows? That does right. not matter. Party affiliation does not matter to me, and it never has. But you can't um, leave You can't leave the left. If you're a business owner... Look what you, happened to Donald Trump. He right. did not start out as a Republican, he people. Did not. He, he was, was a, Democrat. a Democrat for right. pretty much most of his life up until right. Barack Obama. And especially, you know, think about there are some fam- there are a lot of families in the United States, especially right, let me finish that. There are a lot of families in the United States where the families tend to be all Democrat. They've been, you know, grandpa was oh, a Democrat, yeah, yeah, voted yeah. for JFK, right? Mm-hmm. And now everybody's a Democrat. And and you see them a lot in in places like Philadelphia, New York, Los Angeles, you know, these families that have stayed in the inner cities. And now there are multiple people. So 
if one person grows up and says, you know what, I'm no longer a Democrat, I'm going to leave. Our country is so severely divided that if you leave the Democrats in your own, from your family, there's a large risk that your family may shun you. You have family, you have people oh, yeah. on the Democrat side right now that have for years put out articles, places like Vox, VOX, put out articles every year, how to argue with your Republican family members, Yep. right? How to yell at, or even some cases there, I think it was like last year and the year before, they were printing articles about, you know, just don't invite your Republican family members to Thanksgiving or to Christmas mm -hmm. and, yep. and ostracize them. So yep. if you're, if you are in a Democrat family and you're thinking of leaving, well, what's, what are you risking? You're risking being cut off, disconnected mm -hmm. from your entire family. This is what the Scientologists do. This right. is what Hove's witnesses do, yep. right? Yep. If, if in Scientology, if you leave the church, then all of your friends and family who stay behind, they must disconnect with you. And that's what they call it. They call it disconnecting. They call it disconnecting, right. And they're and it's, not it's, allowed to talk, talk to you. No, it's it's like, and I made the reference, it's like disavowing the existence of that person. Yes, the person, is, the person is treated as dead. The Jehovah's Witnesses do the exact same thing. If mm -hmm. somebody leaves their church, they don't call it a church, but if somebody leaves uh, the kingdom hall, right? And they go away from the, from the ideology, then they're referred to as disassociated. Same, same thing. Sure. And they're encouraged to treat that person as if they were dead. If yeah. they see you in public, they will look at you with pity and then turn away and ignore you. You can't, if you're a Democrat, there's a lot of fear there to leave. I have zero fear leaving the Republican side. And you know what? If my fa entire family were Republican, oh, well, if I left the Republican Party, who cares? That's your guys' problem, not mine. Well, and but this is this was a, a fundamental difference, and we we've talked about this off and on over various episodes. But you know, as a Republican or conservative or right leaning, however you want to freaking classify that, I have no problem having um, values and principle based discussion with anybody from any party, any ideology, any background, anything, whether we agree, disagree. See, you know, that's. It's not even like I enjoy that for the sake of the, the discourse, but I enjoy having conversation and hearing both sides of a, of a point and, and rationalizing those things out. That's, it's engaging. That's what we as a people, as a, as a race or a society are meant to do is to engage with one another. We are not made like ants. We don't follow nose to ass droppings from the next person in front of and stay in a straight line wherever they go. That's not who we are. We're industrious. We go out on our own. We have our own ideas. We, we come up with new, new mousetraps, new ways to accomplish the exact same thing. And we share them with each other. And you know what? Critique of those ideas is vital to our own development as a species. So to try and say that we need to take that away and unify under one idea and mindset is absolutely contrary to our existence. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about when you were saying, <laughs> sorry, when you were thinking, when you were saying how you, um, you welcome that discourse, um, I don't. Okay. Um. I don't want to talk about politics most of the time. 
Well, and, and I'm not necessarily just saying politics. So uh, we'll, we'll take it to something completely off the wall, completely different. Um, you know, uh, here we go. My wife and I are, are we going to send our daughter next year to a private school or mm-hmm. a public school? Now we are both, um, I guess, uh, similarly minded when it comes to our political realm. So politics isn't going to play in, but we're going to discuss that option. Uh, or, you know, both options. What are pros and cons? What does she feel about it? What do I feel about? It? We may disagree, but we're going to hash those out. Well, why do you disagree? What are you thinking about this? Even those kind of mundane things. Now that that has real potential but, life but, but that's but that's different than talking politics yes but no i i mean i understand what you're what you're saying but if you think about it if, if we want to accomplish something as a nation and as a people and as a society we have a goal in mind typically in politics usually where we have the discourse is the means on which we get to that end and it's how we get there you know, um, we're going to argue, say, no, we don't have to raise taxes in order to get more funding for X, Y, Z, even though we all agree that that's important. We need to eliminate some of these superfluous programs and blah, 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 blah. That might be a conservative take where the liberals like, no, we all need to pay more so that we can do more. Don't you have a heart? What are you talking about? And, and that's the political realm, but it's it's really a simple discussion about how we get to that same end with my daughter how are we going to get to her education what are the paths we're going to take along the way yeah but when you're talking about certain there's when there are certain topics whether it's you know are you going to send your daughter to public or private school are you going to have seafood versus uh you know italian food or anything you know where there's different discourse that can occur you know, yeah, there's there's a difference between talking and discussing those types of things. But the reason why I say it's different than than politics is you could be swayed, you could be persuaded, or I could be persuaded to send my kids to private school or public school. I can be persuaded either way. Sure. Okay. I don't have that big of a stake or care so much, you know, in terms of, um, you know, I, in other words, I'm not going to put my put my stake in the ground and say it's private school or nothing. Okay. I'm not going to do that. Right. Right. In a political discussion, though, people tend to put their stakes in the ground. True. And, and they I, and when we're talking about political about political ideology, they tend to put their stakes in the ground. Like I'm not budging, so I'm not going to talk to you about it. So if that's how we're going, if if I'm talking to somebody who's not a conservative. And they come at me, they're a liberal, and they come at me and they say, and, and, and here's, here's often how I get into conversations with liberals. Liberals will say, well, you know, conservatives are stupid. And then they <laughs> jump into whatever it is. You've shut down everything. I no longer have any respect if you approach me that way. Now, right. if you were to come at me and say, you know what, I'm not a conservative, but I'm really interested in some of your ideas because I would like to learn more. Right. That's a, that's a not, but we, we don't have that in our country. We and, don't have people asking those kinds of questions. It's literally like, I'm going to put my stake in the ground and I'm going to attack you. And I expect you to engage with me because I hate conservatives and I want to talk to you about it. Okay. Like, okay. No, All right. I don't want to have anything to do with that. 
So, and, and I, I understand that absolutely 100%. Now, so let me clarify then based on what you're talking about, because I believe political discourse and political discussions can be had. And I do enjoy those just like you said you do with somebody who's reasonable and wants to actually have that. Does that mean that I enjoy having discussions with morons who want to put a stake in the ground and not have a discussion? No, that's not, that's not enjoyable. Now, even taking it back to the, the stupid elementary school example, since that keeps, we're going to keep doing that. I can just as easily say I can politicize that real easy. If my wife was a stunt or uh, a crazy liberal nut job and said all private schools and charter schools have to go away because that's what's killing our elementary school population and no way in hell is that going to happen. Boom, stake in the ground. Now you've politicized a very simple right, discussion. Right. And I believe it's that exact same thing that kills the political discourse that we can have where we can actually talk about some of these issues go over policy where can we find things that actually get us from a to b that we can both agree on this is how unity actually freaking happens is by having open and honest communication or lines of communication with a room full of people that are willing to actually do that Nobody knows how to do that though. That's the problem. Nobody knows how to have those conversations because everybody wants to convert. That's everybody is proselytizing when they're talking politics. That's what it's all about. Whenever anybody brings up politics, they do it to proselytize. They do it to try to win converts. You're not going to convert me. You're not going to convert me. I have read far too many Marxist socialist uh, literature. I've gone and I've read the Communist Manifesto. I've read the works of Karl Marx. I've, I've, I've read those things. I've read about how countries like Venezuela have fallen. I've read about what's happened in Cuba. I've read about what's happened in, the, in Bolsheviks. I've, I've watched documentaries and read about the atrocities that happened in North Korea. You know what all those things have in common? They're all based on leftist ideology. You're not going to convince me to come to leftist ideology at right. all. End of story. Now, if somebody wants, if somebody's in this country and they say, well, Manuel, I want to have a conversation with you about this, about some kind of policy, then they need to do it from the perspective of, I'm not going to convert you. Mm -hmm. I'm interested in your thoughts and let's try to see what common grounds we do have. Right. Nobody talks that way. No, but that's exactly, and so we started this whole thing out, and this was exactly the point that I was driving at. What's being said is unify right now equals conversion, and that's exactly right. the point. When you hear pe these people out there going on about we're gonna, we need to unify. No, you're saying we need everyone else to conform and convert. That's right. not gonna happen. Right. And, and nor should it, because no. I do believe we need to have, as I pointed out, as a species, we need to have opposing ideas and thoughts in order for us to progress. Yes. You know, we, we do need to, right? Because people who tend to be liberals, they tend to have much greater openness. And I think we've discussed this before, right? So if you're, if you're, a, yes. if you are on the left, you tend to have higher levels of openness, which means you're open to all kinds of crazy crap, mm -hmm. right? Just whatever. If, if you're a conservative, you have low levels of openness, but high, high levels of conscientiousness. On the left, they have low levels of conscientiousness and high levels of openness. 
you need both sides. You do, because sometimes the leftist is right. And sometimes the, the conservative is right. You need the leftists to have those more, you know, hey, let's just try something out. Hey, let's try. You need that openness characteristic to, to think outside the box or help you think outside the box. But you also need that conservative I ideal and value to make sure that the, the ship continues to run at optimum right. capacity and optimum efficiency. Without both of them, the, if you only have a conservative ideology in place, then eventually the ship just stagnates. There's right. no growth there. Mm -hmm. If all you have is the liberals at, in power, then you have crazy wackadoodle stuff that's happening. And, and like, if, if anybody knows anything, you can experiment, you can try different sure. things. The problem with experimentation is most of your experiments fail. Yes. Even when we talk about science, mm -hmm. running scientific experiments, most of them fail, right. which means, and, and literally to the magnitude of like 90 plus percent fail. Oh, yeah. Well, and if you went through psychology, you know this. I mean, you because right. you, you spent the first half of that talking about the scientific method and actually looking at developing hypothesis and rigorous testing. And Even, all that's intended to get failure because yes, from those failures, you, you extrapolate learn. useful data. Right. And so even at the organizational level, organizations have to reinvent, have to come up with new ideas or they get stagnant and the competition runs them over. But even at the organizational level, they, they try, they experiment, and they often end in failure. Sure. You can't have the liberals just running rampant, creating all kinds of doing, implementing all kinds of crazy ideas because eventually the ship is going to sink. They're going to punch too many holes in the side of the boat and the boat's going to take on water and sink. Right. You need the conservatives around to say, no, you're, you're punching a hole below the waterline. You're too far low. You're going to sink us, knock it off. Well, and you look at the, the Bill Gates and the Elon Musk um, of the, of the right. world today, right. they are absolutely inventors and brilliant in their openness yeah. in their mind and grading ideas. They are surrounded by conscientious people trying yeah. to, okay, follow, keep up, and then just rein that person in a little bit, not right. to contain them. So, but just to keep them from literally exploding at the seams other, you know, otherwise right. they're going to launch cars into outer space. Oh, wait, <laughs> Elon Musk that. did that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting. We talked about, you know, trying to convert all of these, these quote unquote Republicans. Right. How do you convert somebody who has a low level of openness as a, as a dogma and high levels of conscientiousness? You don't, you don't do that. You don't. So we have to appeal to those things to each other Correct. and start working the outsides towards a middle ground. Right, right. If you, that's what you really want. But I know, we all know, dang good and well, that's not what you really want. Correct. And the only way to do that is, yes, you might come up with crazy ideas, but you at least have to say, you know what, this is a really crazy idea. Let's give it a shot. Let's see, can we at least try it out? And if it doesn't work, let's try something else. Yeah. And you know, the best way to get a crazy idea, people to bite onto it is to go, I have a really crazy idea. It sounds admit crazy. It. Admit it. It sounds absolutely nuts. So here it is. How do you think we could possibly achieve that? Right. And just shut up and sit back and let it happen. Because right. 
people are going to start thinking, well, maybe we could try this and try this and try this. And you'll start figuring out where everything's going to possibly line up or if it's even within the realm of possibility. This is how brainstorming sessions work. Um, think tanks do this stuff all the time. So you need both sides. You need both dichotomies in order for us as a species to continue to develop. Well, in Kong, you know, our, our form of government was was built to allow this, on that right? principle. Right. We were built to allow people to come up with crazy ideas, but it's difficult to implement them. It's not impossible to implement them. It's just it should be difficult. So you come up with a crazy idea and now you have to go around and do your due diligence and explain it and talk about it and and maybe give some examples or create some models that you can show and and all of that to try to win a consensus so that your other members of Congress vote on your stupid, crazy idea to try it out. It shouldn't be easy. And this always infuriates me when people say, we have a do nothing Congress. Our Congress doesn't do anything. Good. 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 <laughs> that's what they're supposed to, <laughs> that's the idea. If Imagine if game. you will, if they could just go, hey, I got this crazy idea. That sounds cool. Let's do that. And boom. Right. That implements or that affects your daily life within 48 hours. Right. Imagine that. It's not a competition to see how much shit you can pass in a given year. No. Right. It's supposed to be difficult. Um, so if Congress isn't isn't being as fast as everybody thinks, that's okay because anytime you create a law, you have to restrict liberty to do so. That's what right. that. That's what it means. That's what a law is. That's what a law is. It constricts. It puts parameters and constraints on how the human beings interact and what they can and cannot do. That's what that's what enacting a law is. So we have to recognize that when we create a law, we are restricting liberty. Do you value liberty or not? If you value liberty, then you have to go, you know what? There's a there's something there. Let's do the crate. Let's think about the crazy idea, right? But let's debate it a little bit. We don't have to go so we don't have to enact all of your crazy ideas at once. Sure, sure. And you know, we had a, a an interesting example. I don't like the the means or the the way it came out, but um, we talked uh, about legalizing um, uh, um, let's say, or or any drugs. Pick a drug. I don't care. Doesn't mm -hmm. matter. Uh, heroin. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, if there's an initiative to legalize heroin, well, I don't like that, but I like and want liberty and freedom for right. the American people. So I have to table my own go, my just emotional knee jerk reaction of, are you freaking insane? And go, okay, hold on in the interest of expanding and increasing liberty of the society let's talk about that how are we going to do that how are we going to monitor that what are what constraints are we going to have in place you know how are we going to do this responsibly and respect you know those kind of discussions can be had but even i have to table that initial knee-jerk crazy reaction and go okay hold on and then at least come to the table and come forward a step so that we can have the discourse about how would this even possibly work? What is that going to mean? What are the repercussions of that, et cetera, et cetera. And that's how that's supposed to go. And that should be a long drawn out conversation. Yeah. 
You know, one of the things when, when everybody, whenever people talk about legalizing certain drugs or legalizing just anything that is considered, you know, a social faux pas, right? Mm-hmm. Um, everybody, there a lot of times people will say, well, let's legalize it so we can tax it. Stop with that Stop stupidity. With that, the, the t- uh. <laughs> okay. We, we did this here in Arizona. We said, well, let's, we let's go ahead and legalize marijuana so we can tax the shit out of it. Everybody always says, it. let's just tax the crap out of it. My God, just because, no, no, just stop is, with the wanting to tax everything to death. <laughs> right. Why right. does everything have to be about, le- let's legalize so we can tax it. Legalize so we can, stop it. <laughs> you know, let's write a law. Let's legalize jogging so we can tax it. Mm-hmm. Come on, let's legalize, you know, fishing so we can tax it. Let's legalize, right. you know, driving so we can tax it. But mm-hmm. eventually something happens. Eventually the government gets to something that you like to do. Yeah. So should that be legal so that we can tax it? Right? No. So stop picking on your fellow Americans. Mm-hmm. Yes, we there are fellow Americans out there who like to smoke weed. Great whatever, whatever, whatever gets you off at night. If you want to do that, fine. But you know what? I also recognize that you're an American and because I like you as an American, I don't necessarily want you to have a high tax burden, right? So why would I want to wish undue taxation on my fellow Americans? That's what our whole country was founded on not paying taxes for crying out loud. Right. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. (laughs) You know, smokers are, I, I feel bad for smokers. They, I mean, what it costs in terms of a pack of cigarettes, you know, like almost half of that, if not more than half of it is all going, is all 50, taxes. 57% of it, I think is actually is that, taxes. Yeah. It's, that's that's yeah. insane. Yeah, it's that's crazy. Ins, that's insane. But and you know what? The government doesn't want you to stop smoking. Oh, no, 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 no. They just want a justifiable means to be able to gain more money out of you. Sure. And you know what? I don't smoke, but I don't support high taxes on cigarettes either. Right. I'm, a pack of cigarettes, the tax on a pack of cigarettes should not cost me any more than the tax on a you know vacuum cleaner at Walmart. I, sorry, it shouldn't. Um, it's tax is tax is tax. Honestly, I think we should, we shouldn't have to pay sales tax. They're already taxing my income. Why should I have to pay a tax on what I buy too? (laughs) We need to do a show just on taxation. I know I'm moving to Montana. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) So, yeah. So there's, there's no way that, and if you think that the government really wants people to stop smoking, Shut up. You're it's, quit being stupid. You're literally being stupid. It, 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 same thing with like people say, well, I need to buy a Prius so that I can save the, the environment, right? Oh, you realize God. that the government doesn't want you to stop buying gasoline. Look what happened in California. They they started implementing, people were buying all these smart cars or not mm-hmm. smart cars, but just, you know, the highly eco-friendly, fuel, cars, the eco-friendly right. cars, right? right? And what happened? State revenues plummeted. Plummeted. And so then the state started to enact different laws to increase taxation on people who bought the fuel eco cars. Right, right. There's a higher tax rate actually on your uh, eco-friendly cars than there are in any other automobiles right now because of that. 
Because um, the government ma- needs its needs its cash. Yeah, and if you think for one second, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just a two second soapbox. Uh-huh. If you think for one second that Prius did not damage the environment in its production, oh, yeah. less than some of the other vehicles out there, I got news for you. The, uh, the gasoline is like <laughs> amount of what actually affects the environment in the in a vehicle. Producing those batteries alone is 10 times more harmful. I think they equated it out to 10 years of normal operation on a gasoline burning vehicle. I mean, if, if you just stop and think and recognize that the government acts as, a, as, a, as the mafia, it makes much more sense. Do you, you know, they would, the, the mafia used to run, or they still do if they're still around in different places, right? They run all these rackets. They go in and they say, we're going to, we're going to tax you mm-hmm. and we're, you're going to give us money every week mm-hmm. and we're going to protect your business from looters or, you know, thieves or anything like well, that. Well, they just say it's protection. Yeah. It's just it's protection. protection. Money. It's and protection and money. we'll promote your interests. Right. But do you think for a second that if a business owner working with the mafia, if a business owner says, well, I'm going to put in all of these new, uh, new things into my business, CCTVs and alarms and a gate and everything. So I don't need as much protection anymore because I have all of these security parameters in place. Do you think for a second that the mafia is going to say, oh, we'll reduce yeah, we're, your then protection Then you only money. have to pay half. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't happening. Ain't happening. The government works the exact same way. Like the UK just announced, they came out and said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to have elect all electric cars on our roads in the United Ke- in the United Kingdom by 2030. Mm-hmm. 100% of cars are going to be electric. My response is, well, are they going to build new coal plants or nuclear yeah. plants? Yeah. What are you, how, are you, how are you going to get the power? Where that? are you going to get the electricity from? Yeah. And of course, everybody said, well, we're not going to build coal. We're not going to build nuclear. Okay, oh. well. Okay, where are I you going to get the electricity from? I hope We're going to use you. wind. <laughs> uh, How no, is, you're not. Explain to me something. Explain <laughs> oh, to me no. something. Okay, go ahead. Because I don't understand this. Okay. How is wind, how are windmills progressive? That shit's been a that shit's been a technology for like three hundred years, oh, yeah. right? They've been using windmills for freaking ever. It's it's progressive in scale, size, and scope. <laughs> as a means, don't they to have replace, windmills in Amsterdam? Don't as a have... means of replacing fossil fuels, that's progressive. Yeah. Not, um, not to mention that there not one single windmill in its entire lifetime will produce enough energy to justify the amount of energy used in its production. Yeah. Could you imagine if we revamped our Navy, got rid of the nuclear and coal ships and went, and went back, back to, back to sail? sails? <laughs> this is so stupid. We would actually have to replace all of our, um, our guns and, and ballista, everything, and go back to like ballistas because... You know, those use um, gunpowder. So you couldn't even use a cannon like an old pirate ship. You'd you'd have to use really big friggin' crossbows. Right. 
and get wind, really close. I'm I'm sorry, but wind power is not progressive. It is not. It is going. It is literally. It is literally regressive. Regressive. Literally. <laughs> yes. It's taking what we've been able to figure out and how to so create stupid. energy and going. Well, that worked way too well. Let's not do that. Right. Why? Well, because it makes us feel bad. Why? We don't know. We'll get back we to it. We don't know. Yeah, right. All right. Sounds like a good plan. Everybody do it. Yeah. Sounds like well, a if, lot like Scientology to me. If everybody does it, it can't be wrong. Right, right. Right. You know, I, I have to, so I have to talk about this. Uh oh, okay. Today I watched a documentary called Going Clear. Have you heard of it? I actually won a couple Going of awards. Clear? Going Clear. That sounds it's, like a Scientology thing. It's about Scientology and they well, brought in all these different people and we're talking about um you know the craziness that happens in scientology um what's that wasn't clear the name of that no that wasn't a justin timber there was some drug in a movie that you know you took it and it, it was clear i think it was was it reese witherspoon was in that i don't know but it made all your senses and everything all run all super high and they called it clear it looked like a little I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. Well, I'll have to find out on that, but that's just funny. When you said going clear, it makes it sound like uh, everybody's going to see their heroin deer for their dose of clear. Well, they're trying to, they're trying to get a, they're trying to get high on Scientology. They're trying to, yeah. So, I mean, (laughs) it's a very, it's very similar, very similar thing, you know? Okay. But, um, you know, last week we talked about cults and we, we talked a little bit about Scientology and, you know, today I was watching that. I was like, Oh, I need, we need to talk about cults again. We, we left so much on the table with, with cults and talking about like Scientology and, and all this kind of Xenu, the galactic warrior. Do you know about that? Do you yes. know about Xenu, the yes. galactic warrior? For yes. those of you who do not know about Xenu, the galactic warrior, this, this happens when you get, you know, I'm a little fearful because I, I I'm, I'm fearing that like, I'm going to have PIs, private investigators across the street watching my house and rummaging through my trash because that's what Scientology does. They put private investigators on. They pay their private investigators like $10,000 a week yeah. to watch people. To, to watch and dig up dirt on people. Yeah, and how do I get the that job? That this is now twice. We've talked about it in two consecutive weeks. You might be right. Maybe you right. will. I know. I know they're going to be watching us. We do need to do another one on cults because I think we spent a, a little time talking about cults and a lot of time talking about Scientology. But anyway. No, we spend a lot of time talking about psychiatry because therapy, your therapy because of you. <laughs> because I equated therapy to a racket. And well, you know, you would fit you would fit right in with the Scientologists because they uh, don't like psychiatry and, and everything like that. Well, no, because they're people would be getting help elsewhere besides Scientology. So they're not uh-huh. getting clarity from the church. Anyway, go ahead, please. I'm I'm very interested. So for those who do not know, when you hit OT3, operating Phaeton level three, which there are eight OT levels, OT one through eight, right? When you hit OT three, that's when the shit hits the fan. Because that's when it goes from, it stops being about self-help and self-improvement and becomes a science fiction television show with Xenu the Galactic Warrior um, flying people from another planet to Earth on DC-10s, putting them in volcanoes and then atom bombing them to death. I did not make any of that up. I'm literally telling you what Scientology believes at OT3 and your body, basically, when you're born, you get you get these thetans because 
the the people, their spirits were released after the atom bombings. And there are bajillions of these thetans, these spirits on earth. And so when we're born, the thetans like just attach to us. You could have thousands of them, right? And so you have to go through all of these OT levels and everything. You have to do the bridge so that you can you can rid yourself of all of these thetans that are, you know, infesting your body, like, like parasites, like some kind of psych- psychological parasite. Space parasite. Space right. parasite. Space parasite. Right. I have no idea where I was going with all of that. Um, you were talking about going clear. Yeah, I know. In the documentary. And well, I, I think just because, you know, talking about Scientology and everything, I started thinking, well, you know, while I was watching the, the documentary and I thought, well, if we end up talking more about Scientology and we talk more about cults, they're probably going to come and like watch, watch us and like spy on us. Well, hey, maybe we'll get a couple more uh, subscribers to our uh, YouTube channel. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm always trying to look how I can turn a frown upside down. (laughs) That's fantastic, right? (laughs) Maybe they can come over for Thanksgiving. What I thought Um, about, what I what I thought about um, talking about cults on the next time is all of the different parallels that I see with the Jehovah's Witnesses because okay. I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness for a number of years. Right, right. Um, and you, you touched on that last week a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of similarities between the J-dubs, I like to call them J-dubs, mm-hmm. between the J-dubs and Scientologists, <laughs> <laughs> quite honestly. There, there are a lot of parallels there. Um, well, and I've always... And been- Democrats. Well, I know, and I was going to get there, but th- that's cool. Um, I've always <laughs> been interested, you know, cults, there, there's cults are nothing new. It's not like something that just popped up in the last 20 years. Right, right. There's been um, cults that have, I mean, existed all the way back towards, you know, in the biblical times. And I've always been interested as what actually draws people into that. Um, they exist in a, in, like you're, I guess, getting getting on about is in a, in a very similar light. The parallels are all there. The structure exists the same way. We should be able to pick them out as they start up, but we don't as a society. We they they get to a, a boiling point and then they become noticeable. So, what is the attraction that pulls people in to cultish ideology and away from traditional or established either religions? or organizations and i think there may be a parallel there between whatever that is versus what's happening right now in our political world because there's there's a draw and a pull towards as you mentioned the progressive far-leaning left Mm -hmm. and away from you know um, even the blue dog republic or democrat um, establishment and you know that esta- what's is it just the rebellion ideology there or is the, the rebellion idea that actually pulls that in so i'd be really interested to actually pull that apart and, and pick at it a little okay you, you know in my my thought is this my thought is i think most people want to be a part i think people in general i shouldn't even say most people i would say all people uh unless they're a psychopath I think all people want to be a part of something 
bigger than themselves. Mm -hmm. People really come alive when they belong to something that's greater than themselves. And particularly when that thing that they belong to has a vision or has goals that are transcendent and that um, speak at a uni to universal themes. Like with Scientology, they want to make everybody clear so they can save the planet, right? What's not to love about that? I mean, if you're sure. getting involved in it and it's like, yeah, I want to save the planet. I want to save, and I'm, we're not talking about saving them politically, right? And, and backing political opponents and all this, but we're literally talking about reaching out individually and helping people to become better so that they become saved. There's nothing wrong with that on, on its surface. So I think one, people want to be, be a part of something larger than themselves, Two, I think what happens with cults is cults twist, they take more traditional conservative religions and they update it and, and they, they get you to believe and they get you to say, you know, yeah, you were Jewish or you're Muslim or you're Catholic, for example. And well, those are just old, outdated religions. But what this is, is this is something new and so the ideas are still the same, but now it's it's redone in a way that makes it much more applicable to your life. Mm -hmm. So they try to build this sense of like the the ancient religion, that's just that's like a wall between you and and the God because it's old and there's no modern day applicability to it. And I think the cults tend to produce something that's very modern and like, oh, I see how this affects my life right now. I don't have to, you know, meditate on this for years, like St. Augustine to before I finally start to realize what my faith is. I can see it already in play. Mm -hmm. So I think those two things are very, very powerful for people and gets them motivated into, into the cult very, very quickly. Okay. Well, and I do think there's that instant gratification um, appeal, which I mean, let's be honest, most, most traditional religions don't have that. Um, there's, there's no instant gratification to be a Christian, you know, that's not realized until right. way down the line. Right. Um, and a lot of those, those cults, I believe have a, um, a scale of measurability of your success and ascension as you go through it. Yes. And I actually was making a point not long ago about the I, I think that's where a lot of the appeal and unfortunately some of the parallels between social media and like, and like Facebook, let just say, I'm not saying Facebook's a cult, but what I am what is saying it? is a lot of that draw is, you know, look how many, I'm not just me on here. And it's not just me about talking to my mom and brother and sister and a couple friends, you know, I've got 4,000 friends. Well, how many friends do you have on Facebook? I have, 5,000. Oh, right. well, shoot, you're higher than me. I've got to go get more. And so right. I've got to get involved. And that's where now we have causes to be a part of and all right, these other right. things, you know, and it's, it's this measurable gratification and, and ascension along um, this dogma that I just, it's, it's almost a little scary, actually. Well, you know, and most people don't understand the more ancient traditional religions. They, they really, they really sure. don't, they, they don't understand it. Mm -hmm. So like when you go to, uh, I like to pick on Catholics, right? Sure. Because I am Catholic. I do too. So when you, when you go to the, when you go to mass, right? Mm -hmm. There's all this symbolism that's there. Yep. Um, 
even the construction of the altar and how the altar is represented, you know, an altar in and of itself is often a replication of a, a, cosm a, a, a uh, cosmogonic event, right? The creation of the universe, right? You, and, and even the altar itself tends to represent and symbolize the earth and the heavens and everything. So if you look at the foundation of the altar, that tends to represent the, the earth itself. And then the sides of the altar tends to represent like, you know, the, the atmosphere. And then you have the top of the altar, which is literally the heaven space. And so you're, you're preparing the, the Eucharist and the wine. And of course that's literally being prepared in heaven. There are a lot of these symbols and metaphors in ancient religion that most people have no concept sure. about. Agreed. And so when they're looking at all of this ritual, they have no idea what it means. And so it's meaning, if they don't know what it means, then it, it's therefore meaningless for them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You go to these cults and, and well, before, let me back up. When you're, when you go to mass, I prefer a much more traditional, um, solemn, ritualistic mass. That's what I like. Mm -hmm. There are some youth mass masses that are, you know, they throw all that out the window and it's, it's literally kumbaya singing and dancing and people are like, you know, ah, and hugging each other and people are crying and, you know, and people, there are a lot of people because I, I think they're, they're so ignorant of their own religion that they get caught up in that emotion that they look they, they don't understand the meaning and the value of, of, of all of the metaphor and ritual. And so they see all of this craziness that's happening and they think, well, this is fun. Yeah. Right. And cults bring that cults, sure. make it cults, make their, their get togethers fun and engaging. And it's like, look at us, we're all having fun and I love you and you love me and it's wonderful. And, and I get to talk and be a part of it and I get to interact with people and it's now become a, a social event. Right. And so they're not selling any of the value. They're not selling the ritual and the meaning and the depth behind it. What that's what traditional religion is selling. And I think that's what is should, that's what should be sold. Mm -hmm. What they're selling is they're selling all this fakeness. They're selling all of this, mm -hmm this, this window dressing, yeah. um, you know, the, it's like selling a cake, but you only get a big glob of icing. You don't get the actual cake. Well, and that's, that's it. That's, I guess a part of why I was actually equating it to the drug because yeah, that's yeah. what it is. You, that's you've what got, it is. It, it's almost an addiction where you you've got to have it. And that's, well, it's partly the idea. Um, you get them hooked on something they cannot live without. Right. Like as a, as a Catholic, you can, well, if you go to a cult and, and there's all of this, you know, activity and kumbaya and everything like that, most people leave and they feel very invigorated and very mm -hmm. refreshed. And that's, you know, and it, that that's now the cult has given them something, has improved their lives. If you go to a Catholic mass, you have to work to get to that state when you leave. Mm -hmm. which means you have to put in the effort while you're there. You have to literally work to do that. And going to Catholic mass is much more about prayer and meditation and self-reflection. And, and if you don't do that, if you're sitting there, if you're not a Catholic and you have, or even if you are a Catholic, but you know nothing about your religion, then you're going to sit in the pew and you're going to be like, I don't get it. 
Mm-hmm. I don't understand what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm just sitting here and, or stand up, sit down, kneel, stand up, sit down, kneel. And I don't really know what we're doing other than getting a workout. Right. And so you leave <laughs> and you leave and you're like, well, what, what did we accomplish? I don't know what that meant, Yeah, but it's, it's not all dis, it's not all um, hidden when you go to a cult, it's all out in your right. open, out in the open. It's like, hoorah. We, we just know? left mass. What do we do with the rest of our day, daddy? What do you mean rest of our day? That was the whole day. We just lost yeah. the whole thing. <laughs> Are you kidding? Man, Catholics want to be in and out 40 minutes. Good. Really? 30, 30 minutes is even better. Oh yeah. I've been to masses where it's like 30 minutes in and out. And you're like, that was fantastic. <laughs> bravo to that priest let's come i, back like, that I like that guy <laughs> when is yeah, he up if, next <laughs> if the mass is dragging on to like 50 minutes it's like all right we got to speed this up and get out of here which is crazy because the j-dubs is a minimum of two hours yeah yeah and and most j-dubs go like two or three times a week uh-uh. to the kingdom hall f that no. well i i was raised lutheran which is just 10 degrees off a of catholic uh-huh um I, I think we gave up confession, but otherwise everything's the same. Um, but yeah, I, I think our church services were about an hour. That's about right. So anyway. Anyway, we'll have to have a longer, a larger discussion on, on cults and not get into therapy. Okay. I will keep the therapy racket discussion out of it. Unless anybody would like to see me privately for my own therapy session, I am still offering that. Um we, you can sign up and I promise it'll only be about a 10 minute excursion. So we got to have, we got to have two, there's two that I, there's two episodes. So upcoming, you know, at the end of the, uh, the end of the episodes, at least on television, right. They'd always say coming up next. Oh yeah. Coming up in the yeah. next, uh, you know, later on in the but season next week, right? we'll be discussing. Yeah. So um, I want to have a, I want to do one on, on cult, uh, another like part two on cults. Um, but I also want to do an, another show where we literally just talk about evil. 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 The evil things that people do. Not, okay. not so much the activities, but like why people are evil and what constitutes an evil act versus not an evil act. Uh, that kind of stuff. Ooh. Okay. All right. Well, and I think um, we kind of started the the edifice of that discussion back when we discussed are people inherently good or inherently evil right right that was back in season one you know way long time ago way long time ago so yeah all right okay well any last uh words before we call it oh you know what i do i'm gonna take a selfish moment of our time um, I realized in re-listening to our last episode last week when I was on my therapy soapbox, mm-hmm. <coughs> excuse me, that I said that, um, you know, my mom and dad raised me pretty damn well. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that. And everything that's wrong with me is me. Um, and it's not them. And you concurred. Mm-hmm. But I did leave somebody out. And I think I want to take a minute to retract that because my, my mom and dad split when I was young. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, my stepfather, uh, Dave, you know, him was a, a very influential part of my upbringing. Mm -hmm. And, um, in listening to that, um, last week's episode, I don't think I gave any credence to him whatsoever. And I need to make sure that I am 100% clear that I would not be the man I am today without him being a major influence in part of my life. So 
Did your mom call you and nope lecture you? No, not at all. Um, she give you the, the stink eye. No, I didn't okay. hear anything about it. That was just right. an honest thought. I said, you know what? I need to bring that up because I mean, uh, because you know, it'd be good bravo for her if she had. No, no, bravo for her for not having to. That I recognized mm. it on my mm. own. And well, you uh, know, I want you to get slapped down by mom. That's okay. You, that that'll happen anyway. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um. No, a lot of love for my stepfather. He um, he was a big part of my upbringing, part of my life, and I'm grateful for that. So, he took a lot of shit growing up. You know, I I never had. So I have a stepfather as well, and um, my stepfather wasn't. I don't think he was as big of part of my life as your stepfather was to you. But I do respect my stepfather quite a bit. I. I I, I do. I never called him dad. And, um, and I think that was simply because I had a relationship with my dad. I think as I got older, I started to realize that, yeah, I could have, I could have called him something, you know, and not just by his, by his first name, but I do love him and I do respect him a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, there was a, there's a, there's a part of me that wishes I would have had a, uh, a deeper relationship with him. Um, than I, than I did. Cause we were always, I guess, I wouldn't even equate him to being like an uncle, right? He was, I think he realized that I, you know, that I did have a father in my life. And so he just kind of stayed on the periphery in terms of a relationship. Um, but because of that, I do respect him for mm -hmm. staying in that, you know, just, you know, basically saying, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to enforce my views upon you or anything like that. I mean, that probably had to take a lot of restraint on, on his part. Yes. Um, and, and exact same situation for my yeah. stepfather, really. Um, because I did have that relationship and he, and he respected that never, ever wanted to, or tried to take away from that. And on a positive note, I think that allowed Dave and I to have a, a different kind of relationship, not bound by those, I guess, constraints. So, yeah. um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, good talk. All right. Good, good talk. All right. Well, as always, we're uh, you can get all of our audio feeds and everything off of fusionunderground.net. Uh, we post all of these, uh, including the you know the audio feeds. Get updated every time we post our podcast out there. You can actually just go to the website and watch our latest episodes. So all yep. of the episodes are there, whether whether you want to just listen to them or you want to watch them. We do have a YouTube channel, um, so you can find us there, Fusion Underground. We're on Parlor. Yep. What's the what's the what's the uh, the handle at, on Parlor? At Fu Brothers. At Fu Brothers. Okay, so same yep. thing as on Twitter. I kept it. Yep. So we are sort of on Twitter, but we're in Twitter jail right now. <laughs> so at Fu Brothers and on Facebook at Facebook forward slash Fusion AZ Fusion Underground. I always forget the AZ part. Well, don't do that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> all right. So all righty. So uh, thanks for listening. And for Jason Moret, I'm Manuel Ramirez. You've been listening to the Fusion Underground. Peace out, Have everybody. Have a good night.